Episode of Zenith Podcast. I'm your host, Caesar Davila. This is where we explore culture, relationships, nature, art, consciousness, and the appreciation of life. I'm here with Jay Sowal. He's a student athlete as well as an ambassador for the Dad Project in SoCal. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm lucky to be here. Thank you, dude. Thank you for being here. I mean, the, just to start off, too, we met each other randomly at the at the Abilities Expo in yes. the LA Convention Center, and the vibe there just like I, I like. Something about you already just, you know, um, resonated and just kind of stuck with me. So I'm really glad that we just have the opportunity here to get to know you. And to start off, let's talk about the ambassador, you know. Um, exactly. Can you explain what is the dad, bro- dad Project? So Dad Project, what we do is we try to encourage dads to be in their children's lives and have an active role. And we also, we do it for mothers too. So we have um, we have the Dad Project and we have another one called WAM, which is Women and Mothers. And it's basically just having the the families, you know, be, I would say, like, stronger. And, and like I said, have the parents have an active role in their children's lives and really be a part of their lives. Do they do this by, like, providing resources or yeah. information? Or yes. We, um, we have resources where we, if a parent is struggling, we, we may try to, well, we can try to help them out with, you know, we do backpack giveaways for the kids. We do. We've done um, pre- presents during Christmas time. We do uh, Thanksgiving dinners. Um, we give out like clothing vouchers. You know, if if it's needed, wherever we can help, we try to help the most. Okay, and how far does this program expand? Because right now you're we are here in Long Beach, in yeah. San Pedro. So yes. So um, we for the one I'm with, we're here. We all, we're all through uh, Southern California, but then we also have chapters in um, Louisiana, I believe. Yeah, Louisiana, and then um, I believe the East Coast, I want to say, like New York or New Jersey, somewhere around there. And pretty much we we try to cover as many bases as we are, as many areas as we can. Nice, nice. I mean, it's all in all the big cities, which I think yeah, makes basically, the yeah. biggest change. You know? Yeah, we're trying to expand more, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Are you part of that too, or, or do you feel like your SoCal is a place for you to like make change? If I, honestly, even before I started working with that project, I've already had the mindset of you know I want to get out and travel. That's one of the reasons why I like playing ba- basketball. That's yeah. you know because I'm also an athlete. I've been playing basketball since I was about maybe six or seven years old, and I've been playing. I started out playing just, you know, regular basketball able or able body basketball with like my friends or like parks and regs, boys and girls clubs, things like that. And I've always like, you know, felt like, you know, I can use basketball or use, you know, sports or even with me going to school, I'm in school for physical therapy, so I can even try to use that to, you know, get out of California because I the furthest I've been out of California I would say is Vegas. So really? I really yeah. Okay. So I, I actually do want to get the chance to travel and see the world. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like the difference with, um, like people who just want to do it and like people who like think of it, you know, it's just like the fact that you're putting in work to like do that, you know, and you're doing that by two different avenues from athlete and from what you're doing like with this job. Yes. Is this a job, right? Um, it's more of volunteer work because I don't get paid for anything that I do. Okay. It's all volunteer. It's all like you know, I choose to do it. Yeah. The program itself, it's it's nonprofit, so we don't get paid for anything that we do. We get paid, or not not get paid, but as far as we're able to do the things that we do because of donations and you know other programs that would would like to help us out. Okay. And how long have you been part of that of the Dad Project? I've been with Dad Project for. A little over a year, a little over, or a little under a year, around there. Okay. So about about a year or so. Nice. But I've known about them for a while because um, the 
how do you say it? The founder, you would say the founder of the program. His um, cousin is actually the one who introduced me to the program, and his cousin is a good friend of mine, um, Albert Parti. We play basketball together. We, we play for Rancho Los Amigos. So just me knowing Albert and, and being around him, that's how I was introduced into the dad project. And I went to one of the events and, you know, I, I liked what I saw. I liked the vibe. So I chose to, you know, continue to work with them. What was the event like? It was it was a backpack giveaway for the kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ba- basically a, a back-to-school drive. And for anyone who like who wants to just get to uh, like know more about the Dad Project, how can they do that? Um, you can go to our website, which is dadproject.org. Does it have any social medias? Yes, we have Instagram, which um the what the page would be d period a period d underscore project. Okay, like Dad Project, but it's yes. With with the little twist to it. Yeah, a little twist to it. All right, I like that. Making it unique, you know, adding some personality to it. Yes, I like yes. it. All right. So, um, any, like, upcoming, like, big events are you doing? Um, For Dad Project, I'm honestly not sure. I always um find out maybe a week or so, or uh, I would say, like, two or three weeks before whatever event. So, that way, myself or whoever I bring, we have time to... Uh, prepare ourselves yeah okay and so as, as just... of right now i'm not sure when the next event is okay okay well i mean with the dad project now i guess people know where to, where to look when it comes to events but other than that um something i want to dive into is also your student athlete and yes. we didn't mention it before but you are a pro wheelchair basketball player right yes can you, well, se- I would say semi pro. Semi pro, not yes. yet, not yet. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, manifest it, bro. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. So, where do you play right now? I play for a rancho, uh, a rehab center called Rancho Los Amigos. It's in uh, Downey. Downey. Yes. Okay. How long have you been playing there? I've been playing playing with Rancho as far as um officially on the team for maybe about four to five years. I was. Okay. Yeah, four to five years. So since you were nineteen. Yeah, just about nineteen. Yeah, nineteen so twenty. So this is like a, like it's college. Um, like I like play for in, in the, the same in the same year as college. Right? Yeah, uh, around the same time that I started college, that that's when I started playing with them. Yes. Okay, so this is like this is just an adult league. Um, it the one I play where I play. Yes, it's adults, but we also have you know, for the the teens. So, okay. So I play for the adults, which is I was was it eighteen and up. And then anywhere below 18, so 17, and I would say probably maybe like middle schoolish, we call those the juniors. So between the two, we have between the juniors, the junior team and the adult team, we have D1, D2, and D3, which is um, div- different divisions. Yeah. So for me, I play Division 3, which is, I mean, you would, you would classify if you're, you know, everybody, you would, I think it, it would be classified as like a, you know, beginners, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, well, I mean, like, considering like Division 1 is the best, the, like elites, the best of the best. Yes. The elites, yeah, okay. the elites, the best of the best. Got it. So, right now you're in D3 or? Yes. Okay. And you've been with this for five years? Just about, yes. Okay. Have you played wheelchair basketball before that? Before that, I would play just like we. There's an event that I used to go to when I was younger called the uh, inj- spinal injury games. So I would play with them just as far as like just recreational, just every year. Well, not every year, but whenever I would go, I would hop in one of the wheelchair basketball chairs and play with them recreationally. And then after, because at the time I was still in, you know, middle school, high school, and I was playing sports for the schools that I was going to. Yeah. So I was playing basketball already for like able body. I was playing um football. I played uh flag football in middle school. I played basketball for a parks and a parking rec program in Long Beach called um Eastman Boys and Girls Club. Shout out to Eastman. I played I played with them my tenth through twelfth grade year and then after I graduated I still wanted to be involved in sports but I really didn't know 
how I would be able to do that as an adult because of my disability. So, um, I I ended up finding out about Rancho through one of my old doctor's offices. And I knew about them sort of already because, like I said, I I would play with them at the injury games. But I didn't know that there was an actual league and everything. I found that out through one of my other doctor's offices. And I looked them up. I, you know, gave them a call. And they they had me come out for, like, a, a, a tryout, you would say. And I've been basically playing with them ever since. And um, something that we mentioned before recording is that, like, you've been playing basketball since. Like, that's that's, that's yeah. one sport that's just been with you. Yeah, all. I've been playing basketball since I was, made, like I said, about six, seven years old. I've always played basketball. Yeah. And how, how many siblings do you have again? Uh, I'm the oldest out of six. The oldest, oldest out of six. Yes. Okay. And then how many of them played basketball? Um majority of us honestly um i know me and then my brother right up under me we played since we were like i said about six seven years old my sister she played for a little my sister right up under us she played for a little bit and then the rest of them we kind they kind of just played like you know recreationally but they also went into their own other like sports yeah okay and um we actually haven't stated it yet but what were you born like? What were you born with? Oh, so yeah, so I actually I am wheelchair bound. I was born with a, a spinal injury called spina bifida, which is basically it's a, like a birth defect from my spine. You know, so my spine basically it's not developed the way it should be. So it causes me, you know, to not have that much control over my lower extremities. However. Even though I have foot, there is a lot of things that I'm able to do that most people with my condition can't do. Like as, as you know, we met at, a, at an event and where I did the the rock climbing. Yeah, the, you. I started talking to you when you were like finished with it. You're like you had a pump going on. You're like yeah. full of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, there's a lot of people who who have my condition. They won't try that. Me, I've always been pushed to you know. Never let my condition can um, define who I am. So I've always been the one to, you know, push outside of my limits. Like, like a lot of my friends can tell you, family can tell you, when they see me, they don't see my chair. That's because I don't give you that vibe. My chair, I don't let my chair stop me from doing anything. I mean, dude, that's that's what like makes you feel different, <laughs> you know? When exactly. It comes to that dude, because. It's so easy to like just let any any problem like take over, you know. But I mean, I think this is a really good example of like, uh, like ten percent of the things in life are what happen to you, but ninety percent is how you respond to it. Exactly. You know, yeah. Because since you were always born with this, how like how long did it take for you to like accept that you are different? Honestly, from birth. From birth? From birth. My family, like, as I told you before we started recording, my grandfather, he's been one of my biggest supports. He's literally the reason why I am the way I am. As far as the things that I can do and the mindset that I have, he, him and my aunt, they are two of the biggest reasons why I am, you know, very, I would say, like, determined. Determined and I, 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 I'm not the person that will take no for an answer. And what did he do? It just did there's put a, you in boot camp or what? Like there's a, just a, he just never let me you know use my my disability as an excuse. I, yeah, I, I respect that. Okay. The word I can't it was never allowed to be used when it came to anything that I can do. They like as I told you before we started recording. Um, I would, I started out about maybe five, four years old. My grandfather would have me climb up on the counter and wash dishes. And I learned how to do my, I wash my clothes by myself. I learned how to cook. And that's all because of them. And, you know, you mentioned you're the oldest of six. Yes. You know, how did that responsibility, like, come to you? Like, like, like how did that responsibility come to you? It honestly... I mean, it it gets tough because I'm I'm the oldest of six with a single mother, 
So, I mean, it gets tough, but, you know, I just always, like I said, I'm, I've always been the one to, I'll take on the challenge. So, and I've always looked at it as, I'm not this six, so that means I have to step up. I have to show them something so they know, like, okay, my brother can do it. I can do it, even with his this way, cause, because I'm the only one, as far as my siblings, I'm the only one with the disability. So, I want them to look at him, but, okay, he's doing this. I That means that I can do it. And, you know, like I said, I have the disability. They don't. So, they have, a, you know, a better chance. And what responsibilities did you take? Um, I was, you know, I, I would, you know, get my brothers and my sister up for school and walk them to class, um, helping them with homework, making sure they're eating, making sure they ate, you know, whatever, basically whatever my mom would ask me to do or whatever I kind of saw that she, you know, might have missed, I was on it. And how old were you when you noticed you started taking these responsibilities? At an earlier age. I, I can't even pinpoint exactly what age. Really? Yeah, honestly, I can't. Before can. you could remember? Like, yeah. You just always, you just always yeah. remember doing that? I just always, yeah. Because I I was always thought, you know, I have to be the example because I'm the oldest. Yeah. Dude, that's something, like, so crazy about, like, having, like, siblings, you know, is that there's different roles that they take based off of, like, their order of being birthed, you know? Exactly. Yeah, like, the the oldest always has that sense of responsibility as to provide as an example, you know? Like, you either you have to match up to me or be better, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and, like, there's no excuse because I did it, you know? And we literally grew up together. Like, we had the same, like, everything. We, we have the same background. Yeah. And when it comes to your siblings, like, you have six, are you close to them? Yes, very. Very close? Yeah. To all six of them? Yeah. Do they see you more as, like, a big brother or, like, like since you mentioned it was a single mother, like, like part of a father fi- figure with them? Or? Um, I would say maybe for the youngest, it would be, like, you know, big brother slash kind of dad, you know, because when I was a little more active with them than I was with the rest, because, I mean, with the rest of us, we're pretty close in age, so we kind of all grew up together. We all kind of did, like, the same stuff, and, you know, like, like as I said, we have my granddad to kind of, like, keep us all in check, so we kind of, we have that little bit of sibling rivalry, you would say, even though, like, we, we do love and respect each other, but we do kind of, like, bump heads, but with the youngest, when they were born, kind of, I was kind of all they knew, because during that time, you know, um, my mom was going through things, so... I was always the one to, like I said, I was always the one to step up. So I was changing diapers. I was feeding them, making sure they bathed. So it was, a, for them, it's like a little bit of both. For, for for the younger ones? Yes. Damn, I mean, I, I was, I'm a middle child, so I have a completely different perspective from, like, what you have, you know, from especially having those responsibilities as an older of not just... Like, I just have two other siblings. You have six. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a full house right there. Like, full of different personalities, you know. Different, different personalities, interests, like, different, yeah. Different different interests, different problems, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's so interesting. And you've always, have you always lived in full houses? Like, in a full house like this? Pretty much, yeah. It, it's either I was living with my siblings or cousins. <laughs> we, all, we all kind of lived under my, my grandfather. Yeah. So, is, is he like the patriarch? Kind Basically, of yeah, yeah, very much, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's like this example definitely kind of resonated on you. You know, exactly. you wanted to be better. That, he, and he can tell you himself. For a long time, that would even now. That's my dad. I don't even really call him grandpa. That's pop for me, dad. Because yeah. growing up, like I said, my mom was a single mother. I've never met my dad, so my grandfather is my dad. So I, I I hold him literally to the to a pedestal. And what's his name if you don't mind sharing? Al. Al? Yes. Al. Shout out to Al. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. But okay, so um, when it comes to like being family oriented, do you think that helped that keep that helped you when it comes to like competing in sports? Yeah, and like I said, um, a lot of us we're very competitive. 
Like my family is very, very competitive. So when we want to do something, we're not stopping until it's done. Are you guys competitive, like perseverance, or like competitive, like I'll do anything to win? Like, actually, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I would say both. Honestly, I would say both. Like, I, I, especially with me, when it comes to sports, like I, I'm gonna win. I, I, I hate losing. Does it? Does it like get in your emotions? Yeah. Yeah. And as um for me, I would say I hate losing only because, like I said, with me having a disability and, like I said, I played able-bodied sports for years and in and, and my chair. So I would always have, you know, doubters. So I would always want to be the one, like, I got to win Cause, because there would always be that one person, oh, he's in the chair. How would he, how is he going to, like, that's not fair. I'm going to show you that I can do this and I could probably do it better than you. So what are you going to school for? So I'm in school for kinesiology at uh, Lumbee City College. And I've, I'm basically, I chose kinesiology as a way for me to get involved in sports without, you know, even though like, cause you know, like I said, I've been in sports literally my whole life. I played basketball since I was about six, seven years old. And I knew at an early age, like, I wouldn't be able to make it to the NBA as an actual player. So I took kinesiology as a way for me to get, get there without actually being like an, an athlete. athlete. Exactly. So, so, so what can, would you do? Like physical training. Physical training. That would. That's kind of what I'm in the process of studying for. Okay. Is there like a like an ideal uh, like team or or like sport or like like situation you see yourself in when it comes to like doing this? Um, I'm a big. I've been a big Clippers fan since I was like a little kid. Like besides from being a Kobe fan, of course, yeah. I've been a big Clippers fan as far back as I from can remember since um. When Sean Livingston was playing with the Clippers. Wow. Yeah, so it's been like since early two thousands. That makes sense because you, you you told me the CP three right it was one of your first. Yeah, one of my first like big like stars. Yeah. Well, was it back in Clippers or before that? When he was playing with the Clippers, the Clippers yes. yeah. Him, Blake Griffin. Him, Blake Griffin, um, um, Baron Davis. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. It's been Barnes as well, right? Yep. Yeah, so I've, yeah. I've been Clippers, and then I've bounced between. Early, early, even with like football, early ages, I was a Saints fan because my family has a, a big background in Louisiana. My grandfather is originally from Louisiana. Okay. So I grew up kind of a little bit of a Saints fan just because of my family. But when I started to like get into the sport myself, I gravitated towards the 49ers. So yeah, I was, I was a big fan of Alex Smith and uh, just the 49ers in general. Like, so I just, I've, besides from being, a semi Saints fan, I've always been with the 49ers. Okay, all right, all right, I see that. So, would you rather be a, uh, um, a trainer for the NBA or for the NFL? NBA, just because you know my love for basketball. Like, like, like I said, basketball has always been my number one sport, no matter what sport I played. And like I told you, I, off camera, off recording, I've done all type of sports. Like anything that I've wanted to try, I've done. All right, so say, say the say the list again for people. So I've played football, flag and tackle. I've played basketball my own life. I played uh, I did uh wrestling, I've done golf, I've done soccer, I've done baseball. That's pretty much like I said, basically anything. That's that, more than anything that's more than what I've done. <laughs> yeah. So I mean like I told you before, Cameron, there's I was brought up, you know, I can do anything and everybody can do. And like I said, there's a lot of things that I've done or can do that most people able body would not do. Yeah, I mean, like I remember uh, when I followed you after the Abilities Expo and I saw your Instagram page. I saw you climbing that rock wall. Like, yeah, the rock wall, dude. That's something I can't even do myself, dude. Like, you know, it's crazy how you're allowing this. Um, that like the ability for you to not use your hands made you like strengthen your upper body like ridiculous yeah. you know like too like it's above average you know like yeah. you're literally stronger than me probably yeah like, you're so, most likely stronger than me so yes. with, with my disability i have more control over my upper body than i do my lower body so like you said like you said my legs i they're there but i i can move them a little bit but it's not like you know very strong so my upper body is where i work the, the most and with the rock wall that was actually my second time doing that um, when you saw me, 
That day? Yeah. Not not that day, but um, as far as overall. Second time overall? Yeah. When was the first? Um, I want to say about two years ago. Before COVID? Yeah. Before COVID, um, at the last expo, that's when I, I first did it. I was encouraged to do it by, my, as I told you, my, my teammate Albert. He was like, bro, you could do this. Like, this is easy. And I'm like, okay, hey, I'll do it. Because, you, you know, like I said, I've never been the one to back down from a challenge. I'm like, I'll do it. Because, like, we I, we were watching and we saw, you know, other guys that were, or other people in general that were in chairs that are doing it. But they're like, because there was two ways to do it. There was either you do it freestyle, which is the way I did it was the, the climbing. Or there was, like, a, a carrier that they would put you in and they'll, like, control the wires for you to go up. Yeah, but don't you, like, can't you also, like, pull down, like, uh, like, a, like a handle? Yeah. There, right? Yeah. Like, you can pull yourself up, right? Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah, when you, when I first talked to you about that, um, I thought you did that because I did not know you could freestyle. Yeah. Like, I, would, I didn't know, you, I, did, I did not know people could, like, do that. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm doing freestyle. I'm not, you know, you're not going to, you know, mi- yeah, dude, what a minimize flex, man. <laughs> like, exactly. She's seen all those people, like uh, all the people that were like exactly. in wheelchairs. Is, is there anyone? I didn't notice anyone else with in a wheelchair freestyle. No, I was the only one who was in the chair that freestyled. That's insane. I mean, and then, like I said, even there was people who were able bodied that were there. They're like, I'm not getting on that. Like, I would never do that. Like, that's too high. That's too. Like, that's high for you guys. That's that's nothing for me. And when it comes to the, like. The, the, your 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 perspective with with what you have and how it's not stopping you, like how is it having people always like kind of underestimate you? And like I love it, honestly. You love it. I like, love it. Does it, it. Does it feel like a motivation in you? Or? Exactly. It just makes me want to go harder. Yeah. Literally, like I'm loving, like I told you, even with basketball, when people when I was playing, people like, oh, he's in a chair, I'm like. Like that's not fair. Like I'm not gonna do that to him. Like I'm, like, I'll do this. Like it's he's gonna be easy to guard. He's okay. Yeah, go ahead and think that, and let me show you. Has it always fueled you, or like was there ever a time where like it got to you? I mean, it gets to me all the time, but I usually don't let it show. I just let it show with what I can do. Yeah, like I'll take it in and I'll just you. For instance, like, say I'll, I'll play against someone and they'll be talking smack the whole game and I'm quiet. And the whole time I'm quiet, I'm just quiet. No, okay. I'm watching you to see, you know, everyone has a tendency, especially when it comes to sports. Everyone has that tendency. So I'm watching to see, okay, you, you're doing this. You're, you're talking. I know I'm better than you. You know, I might not. You can, everyone can talk a big game, but it's always easier to show it. And for me, I just love to show it. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people can talk the talk, but you know, I'm can't. one of the ones that can talk the talk and quote unquote walk the walk, even though I'm not walking. I think that's even like more badass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you put in the work, dude. And I mean, like that. It's um, like this is. I mean, this all kind of like helped. I mean, it definitely helped. You know, being raised in in the perspective in which like they did not baby you because I feel like they could it could have like gone down yeah, a different it, road it, honestly it, it could have aided me alive yeah it, like, yeah it, it, like you could have let it define you and that's when a lot of people slip into like that exactly like like the sense of like the limbo of not being able to get out of what they you know like, what they were like, able to do because I um I think I mentioned it to you before like last year I was diagnosed with um with lupus yeah you know so like one of the like one of the first advices I've ever gotten from someone this person had uh, rheumatoid arthritis and I just kind of asked him because I th- at first I thought I had arthritis so I was asking this person for advice on like you know like what do you do like you know like how does it feel and stuff and then one of the things they told me was to not let it define me you know and um. Dude, it took me a long time for it to not let it define me. Like, I was diagnosed in March, March, and I was off work from March to August. And in that time of being off work, I was home. I felt useless. Everybody kind of babied me. Like, you know, and I was, like, super weak, and I needed help. And I didn't let my ego, like, affect me either because I just accepted the help. I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, it, I kind of saw it like good karma. 
See, that's where I sort of kind of have an ego because I don't allow people to help me at all. I honestly hate hate it. I like that's one of the reasons why you know, like as you said at the expo, there's a lot of chairs who have like the the back like arm rest for for people to push them and stuff. I purposely get my chairs without that because I not like to be helped. I want to do it on my own. I've always been that person. Like I got it. I can do this, like I said, at an early age. Do you feel like it's, like, a stubbornness, though? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes, like, it would, like, it would, like, sometimes it wasn't necessary, I guess, to, like, not get help? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it, you, like you don't learn from it. You're just like, eh, like, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it my way. It's I'm going to figure it out. I don't want your help. Like I said, I've, at an early age, I've, I've, I've been knowing how to cook since I was probably about five, six years old. I've washed dishes on my own. I do my own clothes. Um, I travel by myself. Yeah, so, I mean, like you're you're literally a, a functioning adult now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's a that's a whole like different perspective we both have when it comes to this. And yeah, and I mean it 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 plays with how we're raised. You know, probably like I I feel like damn now you mentioning that. I feel like, especially like my in my diagnosis, at one point I was becoming babied. Yeah. Yeah, and then by like month four of me being home and not doing shit, and like also also I was like I was just in a lot of pain as well. Like at one point, just my mental health was just as bad as my physical health, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but then like some switch like like turned on in me that like made me want to no longer. This like, is not what I want. Yeah, like I don't like. Why do I need to accept people's help? You know, like I, I can't do it myself. It's just not gonna be easy. Like, like, like I have friends that I've known for years that, when other people are around and they're looking at my friend, they're like, "Why are you not helping them?" My friend's like, "You help them," and then they'll so, see, find out. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> then they'll laugh when I'm like, I'm almost going off on a person. Like, bro, I don't need your help. Like, watch out. I got this. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also a very delicate situation that you're in, you know, because like. Like it's when people when when people offer help, it could be easily seen as like sympathy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and that's one thing. No, I don't need your sympathy. Yeah, but what about what if it's empathy though? Like, do you know the difference between sympathy and empathy? Sort of. Like the, the way I try to kind of describe it, the way I kind of see it myself is like sympathy is feeling so- sorry for someone. Empathy is feeling feeling sorry with them. Like, I understand what you're doing. You know, I understand what's going on. And I, I like it's sometimes not you know like you don't need the help but like your life doesn't need to be this difficult, you know. Yeah. Like how like it it's really I can imagine that being really hard to like kind of differentiate you know like you know especially with always being exposed to sympathy with like with like sympathy yeah. which dude like I can't imagine how much like how annoying that was like it makes total sense why like. I totally understand why you don't want to like no one to help you, you know, because honestly, it's it has a lot to do with the way I was raised because I wasn't raised. I was raised. Like I said, my, I was always taught you got it. Figure it out. So that's how I, I just carried that with me. I'm going to figure it out. I don't need help. I don't want help. Yeah. If I need it, I will ask if I like there there are points where I'm like, OK, I can't do this. I'm, I'm I got to ask somebody. Oh, other than that, I'm going to figure it out. Like as you see, coming into my house, there's a there's a big step in front of my house, and you saw how I got up there by myself without yeah. asking. Yeah, I mean, you live here. I I had, <laughs> I had a whole phase. I'm like, bro, like I'm not gonna like you know, I'm definitely gonna respect that. Like something, I learned this because those I had a I had a situation one time where I was going to, um, a community college up north, and I went to a restroom, and this restroom was unnecessarily difficult. It was like two doors. Like back to back in a corner, and yeah. it was completely inaccessible for people in a wheelchair. I'm the type to try to figure my own way into that. I hate when when certain areas are like that, but when they're like that, I will still try to figure my best way to get around it. So there was this, this was a person who was in a wheelchair, like struggling to go outside, mm-hmm. and I was going inside. So I was already walking inside. So I I opened the first door that I. That, that I got, and then he was in between. Yeah. So I just grabbed both because I was going in. 
So he passed, and he mumbled something. I thought I, I thought he said thank you. So I'm like, you're welcome, and like I just went on my day. Like I didn't really see it as much different because I would have done that either way for anyone. You know, like, yeah. I would just hold the door for them. That was my 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 perspective. I go to the restroom, I come out. This guy was waiting for me outside, and he went off of me saying like I didn't. He didn't need your help. I'm like, dude, like I was going inside. Like I I didn't go out of my way to help you. Like you were just there. You were just you know? there, yeah. And like, do you feel like does that ever happen to you? Um. It has a lot of times. I usually I'll just say thank you regardless. Like I'm, I'm humble enough to know like I don't. Everything doesn't need a reaction. And some people are. I mean, some people do it because they you know try to look good in front of other other people, and others just do it because you know they're being nice. They're being humble. You know. Okay. So my example kind of reminds me. It goes back to sympathy and empathy. Like empathy was is someone who's just going the same way who holds the door out of, out of courtesy. Sympathy is someone who goes out of their way to hold the door for you. Yeah, yeah, and you, know? you and usually you can tell when you've been in a chair as long as I have. You can tell when someone is actually being gen genuinely like helpful and someone who's just doing it just to show off. Just to show off. That's that's. I cannot like. Can't imagine the fact that you had to deal with that shit. Trust me, I've I've dealt with a lot in my life. Yeah, I mean, we we briefly mentioned this the the like when we're on the phone getting to know each other. But something that like I feel is really like that resonates here is like with you is that you kind of turned this disability into like almost like to your strength, you know, like to exactly. your to your ability to like per, like to persevere. Exactly. You know, and then like. You, you kind of, I guess, um, a, a feel for this could be like setting example for your, like for your uh, like younger siblings, you know. Yeah. But like, are there like what other inspirations or what other motivations do you have that like make you want to continue moving forward in this like perspective and mentality? I would say you know like the biggest one is my family. Not even just my siblings, just my family in general. Just you know, m making them proud. How, um, like so, like when it comes to not wanting help and stuff too, like how do you create those boundaries, like with your family? What's that again? Like how do you create um boundaries with your family to like let them know, like hey, like I don't want help. I like sometimes I don't need help. Like with my family, they usually they know. They know. They know. Like they don't like he doesn't need help. It's you. It usually I would have to. That comes in with. I would say strange, not strangers, like but friends, you know, like acquaintances. Acquaintances, because like I said, there's friends that I've known for years, and they know he doesn't. He got it. Like I get in the cars on my own. I the I ride the bus on my own. Like say one of my friends will come like early, will hit me up. Hey, let's go to the mall, and well, they drive. I'm breaking down my chair, putting it in the back seat. So you know, a lot of my friends, they they know. Their their boundaries. They're, they know like when they can kind of tell when I need help and when I don't need help. So it's not really something you verbally say, but like something in time that like you it, just it, understand. it comes natural. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you play um wheelchair basketball, and I could kind of um think that that's different from regular basketball. Yeah. Can you elaborate on what's the difference? So I mean, it's not really that much of a difference. Majority of the same rules that apply. For able-bodied basketball, it applies for wheelchair basketball just with, like, you know, minor tweaks because we're in chairs. Yeah. So, um, we still have, like, the, the shot clock is still the same. Um, shooting is, like, semi, it, depending on your level of shooting, is, like, a little different. And then the fouls kind of change up because there's certain things that they do in the NBA, like, you know, we can't do it to each other. Yeah. Certain things around, and then um. Can you still screen? Yeah. 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 There's screens, yes, but um, there's a certain way you have to do them. Oh, okay. Because there are illegal screens. There's illegal blocking. Um, you, like, I don't know if you ever seen an actual wheelchair basketball game, but like, there's certain ways where like they hit each other, like crashing into each other. And, it's with the wheels, no? Yeah. Like, so certain ways, like you hit people, it's not allowed. Like that will get you. Fouled, I mean, fouled out or thrown out the game, okay. depending on, you know, if you keep doing it. Yeah, the intent. Exactly. 
um, saying like it, um, and even and, and honestly, it, it depends on the teams that you play for, because you know, like with with my team, our coach, he has twenty years experience. He was a player, and then he became a coach. So I feel like it depends. It has a lot to do with that way that he plays, you know, because my coach is. I would say he's more of a defensive coach. So he's he's big on defense. So you know, a lot of the ways that he plays is different from other teams. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and if you look at like power rankings and stuff, um, the team I play for, we've been in the top (laughs) a lot. I mean, the best offense is a good defense. Exactly. Like, yeah, because I mean, that's how that's that's how. Like, as long as you stop them from scoring. Yeah. Like, you, like you're able to win. Yeah, and, and we have a pretty good... I mean, we have shooters also. We have a lot of good shooters. Yeah. But we have a good defense are as they, well. Are, are they the same positions? Um. Yeah, the, all the positions are the same, yeah. And what's your position? So, I would be... I'm... Would, for wheelchair basketball, we call a, a picker or a dive guy. And I mean, I, I, but I can also shoot. I'm really, I can do whatever they want me to do. But on a normal basis, I'm not really because I'm still kind of fresh into my basketball, wheelchair basketball career. I don't get to take as many shots unless it's needed. Yeah, I mean, because like that's what's interesting because you've been playing basketball your whole life, but then yeah, I'm pretty sure there's like a different technique that you're exactly. learning. Is, is, is there a learning curve with like yeah. with wheelchair basketball? Yeah, because there's <laughs> there's a lot of tendencies that I have that I've learned from able body basketball. That I get called out. My coach will tell you all the time. I get called out all the time for doing that, and then like you cannot do that. Like so, with like say for guarding, for instance, usually like able body able body basketball, you will guard someone face to face, straight up, and get close up on them. Yeah. With wheelchair basketball, like with my coach in gen- in, in like specific. He kind of does not want us to do that because it's when you guard someone straight up in a wheelchair, it's an easy way to get burned because you may not be able to get. That's how you get like caught. Turn, turn around and catch up. Exactly, because by the time you you're turning around, there could be someone behind you that's blocking you, and you don't know. So it's usually easier to just guard them sideways. Okay. So that way you can turn whichever way you need to turn. All right, so the so like it's more the technica the technicality of like how you move your your wheelchair exactly, and that's these are the things that you're learning right now. Yeah. Okay. How I mean, long? Like do you- certain ways to certain ways to shoot, just developing everything for me because like I said, I I don't have that much experience in wheelchair is, basketball. Is it kind of learning again how to play? Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Yeah, because like I said, there there's a lot of things that are different. Then able body ball, but then a lot of it's just the same. So, how old are these D one players? The age range it it ranges because like I know there is one of my former teammates that that he we both started out on Division three, and he's already up there with Division one. Oh wow! Because he he just developed that fast, and he's was he's it just act- like natural or um he. He, for, like I said, as you know, for me, I was born with my disability. For him, he was in an accident that caused him to be in a, in a chair. So he kind of had to develop everything, but I, he just, you know, with wheelchair ball, he kind of caught on faster than I did. Okay. So he was able to move up faster. And he's actually younger than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so mean- it, it just depends on, you know. How quickly you develop? Do you feel you're more of a natural player, or like, or like a technical player? Um, I would say more natural. More natural. But I mean, it it depends because I I I tend to sort of get physical because that's just how I grew up playing. Because I grew up playing, you know, I guess I I did play parks and recs and buzz go but I also played street ball. You know, street basketball. <laughs> You don't get yeah. There's no fouls. Like. Yeah, there's no fouls for real. So <laughs> yeah, and I'm I've always been very tough because like I said, even with me playing with me playing able body, there's always that one person that wants to kind of try to bully you because they feel like oh he's in a chair like that's too easy. 
So I would always get, you know, certain guys that would try to bully me on the court. So I've learned to be tough, play tough. Yeah. All right. And even my coach, like, now he, he likes, you know, the tough game, but, you know, there's to a certain extent. So is D1 still semi-pro? Um, I believe that's pro. That's pro? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say pro because D1, they get a little bit more experience than, you know, Division three, and they get – we they tra- we travel – we all travel, but they travel more. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because they get competitive. And- exactly. It's just, it's just more competitive. Yeah. Where – and have you – you haven't traveled far, right? Because you said like, the furthest, you went to Las Vegas? Yeah, I've been to Vegas for a tournament. But even outside of – I've been to Vegas a couple of times, but I've been to Vegas for a tournament. Um, but I can say the main tournament's not – I mean, the Vegas tournament is – it. It's pretty fun, but the main tournament that I like to do would be the Nike 3 on 3 tournament oh. here in L.A. Yeah. All right. That and how do you get into that? Um, I'm honestly, I'm not sure how it really goes. I know the coaches, they just usually, I mean, the event, it's a public event. But for us, the coaches, they usually just sign us up, pay the whatever fee they have to pay, and, and we go to play. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean. Do you think you being, like, so independent and, like, just wanting to get, like, the shit done yourself um, kind of, like, affected, like, the people around you to, kind of, to like, almost rely on you? Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah? Is it because, like, like so, like, you did not want them to, like, help you at all, right? Yeah, I was never... So you could do it yourself. So, like, I was like... Like oh you're like, God, oh, I'm like Jay, Jay, got, Jay got himself. Yeah, I'm gonna figure this and out. Would you help others as well? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm a very helpful person. I'm able to help people, but I just don't like getting the help. <laughs> <laughs> so like, say less when it comes to helping out people, but like, but you just prefer not to just ask for it. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, well, I mean, um, when it comes to any other questions, I'm not sure what else I I have for you. But um, before before we end off, I just want to go go really quick over on with the Dad Project. Okay. So they can they already know the website dadproject.org, right? Yes. And then the Instagram as well. Yes. And um, you said they have a, like they have uh, events every few weeks, and they, yeah, and they any, announce it a week or two any, before. Any of the events will be posted on the website or on our social media. And what about with donations? Um, you just contact the um the web. Everything would be on the website, and you could also contact if they want to volunteer as well. Yes. Cool, cool. Can they contact you, or or, or um, would you would you prefer them to just go directly? To you them? can you can contact me, and I will probably I would definitely get you in contact with who you need to talk to or where you need to go. But majority of the time, everything would be on the website. All right, cool. Sounds good. And do you have any plans like coming up within like the like next either like few weeks, few months, few years, or anything like any dreams you want to kind of manifest right now? Just finishing school, you continue on basketball career, you know. Um, yeah. Hopefully, getting to travel more. Any affirmations or anything you want to like tell us future Jay when he listens to this? Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going, Jay, dude. Honestly, like you're doing a good job right now. You know, like the energy you put out, obviously the work that you put in. It shows, you know, and I just want to say thank you for, like, coming on here. Thank you for sharing your story, you know. Definitely, I think people can learn something from it because, you know, it literally what we said in the beginning, you know, like, you are an amazing example of, like, just understanding life perspective of only, like, 10% of the things happen to you when 90% is how you respond. Exactly. You know, like, you clearly, I think you're clearly physically stronger than me, you know, <laughs> mentally stronger than me. That's something that I wouldn't be surprised on, you know, and like you're, you have, you're an oldest of six siblings, you yes. know, like you have a full, you have a full house, full family, family oriented, you know, like, is there anything you think they can learn from you that like, that you think hasn't like, will take time, I guess, or like you feel like isn't fully, uh, like appreciated? Being, I was, like I said, uh, or as my um my grandfather explained to you, there's a like as with um traveling. I'm quick to hop on the bus and go. They're a little more like always how put it like reliable, we'll say. So they're always like, or they're more willing to accept help. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, I, I mean, like, I am too in that sense. But I guess oh, before we end it, let me ask you, let me, let me give you this perspective, though. Because my willingness to accept help came from an advice my friend gave me who had cancer. And he also didn't really like help, but he ended up accepting it because of what I'm going to tell you. With karma, with what I was mentioning in the beginning, which all the good karma that you've given out, you know, if you truly believe you're a good person, if you're always trying to be the best person, if you're always trying to be in your zenith, you know, the time at which you're most powerful, successful, all the energy is going to come back to you, you know? So, like, a lot of times, more than you think probably, like, it's not sympathy, but empathy. Like, people are just wanting to help you, and it's not okay to, it's okay to accept it. That's my perspective on, on, on help. How do you, like, what do you think of that? I would say that's very, that's pretty much how I, how I look at, how I look at things. Yeah. Like I said, even though I, I might not always accept it, as far as someone trying to help me, I might always accept it, but it is always appreciated. I mean, that's how we grow, you know, like, yeah, you're not in the, you're, you're not here alone, you know, but you definitely got, like, got it though, like, to just like, succeed man and i'm excited to see where you're gonna go you know and i just say thank you again for having for for being on here you know having you me having, having me share your share your story share your ambassador but yeah um with that being said you can always follow me at zenith underscore podcast on instagram and twitter and i'm hoping youtube as well soon i think by the time this episode comes out it should be on youtube i'm not 100 but i'm i'm actually manifesting that so just um, just know that okay anyways thank you again i'm your host caesar i hope you enjoy this and you could always follow um jay as well if you if you want to keep up with this with this life with this with his journey because this is something that is going somewhere i'm excited you know and thank you again and till next time you know where to find me at the zenith thank you (laughs) 